0: Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the practice report is brought to you by Byers Auto. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim A, Jeremy Birmingham, and I'm Austin Ward. The Buckeyes are about at the halfway point, at least of practices. If you just get rid of the spring game, then this is number seven of 14, uh, that 15th in the middle of April. Well, everyone will be looking forward to that. Uh, but the offensive line and the tight ends and, uh, returning tight end Cade Stover and returning tackle Paris Johnson, some natural positions. They were among the highlights as the Buckeyes updated the progress here at the Midway Point. We're talking about that line play and the physicality of tight end berm. What stood out to you most? Comfort. The Mm. word
3: of the day is comfort. Paris Johnson talking about the offensive line, how they're more comfortable now in their positions that they're in, as opposed to last year with a lot of guys moving around. Uh, Joe Royer talking about getting comfortable being a a player at Ohio State. Jacob James talking about how it took him two years to get really comfortable here. Uh, Cade Stover just being comfortable being wherever he is. Um, That's really the word to me that stood out today was that everyone just seems like they're they're right where they're supposed to be, kind of. Uh, and, you know, for a guy like Silver, he could be anywhere he wants. It's, that is just his athletics, athleticism. But the rest of the guys, especially on the offensive line, you spend your whole life playing left tackle. I don't care how athletic you are, how good you are at playing another position, in Paris did a fine job at guard, but he's a natural left tackle and, and just see that comfort.
0: I was trying to get him to make that point, like, you know, He's not learning a new position. He has spent his entire life playing tackle, yeah. except for one year. And he said, you know, that playoff game against Clemson, where he had to fill in and play guard, was the fourth time in his entire life that he had put his hand in the ground as a football player. So that was a much bigger change for Paris Johnson last year than at any other point, and certainly more than he's had to deal with through seven practices going back to left tackle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the way that he – played guard last year you probably think he learned a lot about playing tackle from playing guard he's, he's more comfortable with tackle obviously but now he knows the responsibilities of a guard he knows exactly where he's supposed to be and and what his guard right beside him who's probably going to be Donovan Jackson is supposed to do on a play that maybe he remembers from last year and so everything about his move to tackle is going to benefit this Ohio State offensive line that really in the seventh practice of spring is basically settled on the starting file obviously they've got to build depth but when you look at last year and the way that there was so much turnover and and who's going to play where on this offensive line and you don't have your starting center for week one and it's a completely different person oh. tackles playing guard guards playing tackle now it's such a strange turn of events from last spring to this spring to have five guys that these are our five and we're not afraid to tell you that they're probably going to be starting. And so you can just start building that comfort that Brum talked about and that continuity already.
1: Yeah, it's just really funny. last time we talked extensively, Cade Stover was, I was standing with him and Steele Chambers after the Rose Bowl, Nick the stands over there. He was so fired up about playing linebacker. He couldn't, he was busting. And uh, and then, (laughs) you know, last time you saw Donovan Jackson playing a game, he had number 41 on Keith Byers number. He doesn't even know who Keith Byers is, but, uh, you know just throw him one pass he'd have been happy last year um uh, <laughs> all these guys like you said paris johnson jr you know playing guard 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 and all of a sudden he's a tackle so i asked uh, all three of those guys well in their heart what's really what's really beating there you know and and they would, ne- they would never commit that, yeah, like Donovan Jackson, I'm a, I feel natural at guard. I mean, he's got the speed to pull. And like he said, he does like hitting these little guys in open space. And so, you know that deep in his heart, he likes to play that position. But he wouldn't commit totally. He wants to play whatever helps the team. You know, I'm not getting into this Team ra thing. But Paris Johnson kind of said the same thing. And you heard Cade Stover. I mean, uh, well, Paris, you know, I think Cade I think wants to have the ball in his hands running over somebody. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he but, wants to but,
3: run someone over if the ball in his hands. It's his responsibility. But points. I think Paris Johnson
1: is 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 a left tackle. I think Donovan Jackson is going to be a, an elite guard, and Cade is exactly what they need at tight end right now. So I think I think
0: Paris has been more open and dropping more hints that that he wasn't truly comfortable at guard and wouldn't have signed up to do that oh, again. I mean, you are still Ohio State. giving the
1: kind of the team answer. Yeah. is what I'm saying.
0: But he hasn't in the past, and it's pretty clear that Ohio State. I mean, he is a tackle, and he yeah. needed to be a tackle. And if they had told him that he was going to play guard again this year, I don't think he would be at Ohio State. I mean, that's just that's the bottom line. But He's, he didn't say that. Well, he has. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, and there's millions and millions of dollars at stake for him. Oh, heck yeah. So I think that that's more clear. Diamond Jackson is in a position that's more similar to where Paris was a year ago, where he needs to be on the field, and Ohio State is – you know been working with him at that left guard spot with the potential that he could become a tackle if that need be i'm not sure if that will be the case when josh fryer's back in the fall or not we'll have to wait and see diamond jackson certainly living up to some of that five-star hype in the way that Burm talked about his recruitment and another sort of generational prospect it'll be interesting to see those two working together on the left side uh, and it definitely helps to have that anchor in the middle with luke whippler and you know, aside from him talking about you know the progress from week one at Minnesota where he, he's thrust in there without much notice to what he saw at the end of the year and the improvement he is an he's an angry guy Thursday morning in that room right up there where they're serving breakfast BTN put on the one-hour replay of the game in November and he said that TV almost came down and this I think that was a little bit of a juice builder for Ohio State at the midway point these things can get you know, monotonous and complacent, even though the camp is much shorter than what they'll do in August. Sometimes you get a little carrot like that to go chase down. And, and Luke Whipworth took that to heart and he was like, I'm angry sitting here right now. Big Ten Network's not going to throw that video away, though. Well, of course I mean, not. I mean, I think LaHafstead would like them to,
3: but... <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm stuck, kind of stuck again or struck again by... Last year, I wrote about how the tight end room was basically just five guys who played other positions that had to learn how to play tight end. <laughs> yeah. And this year, it's only three guys that played other positions in high school, Uh, but the two guys that actually played tight end in high school, which is Sam Hart and Bennett Christian, are number four and five on the depth chart for Ohio State. You have Mitch Rossi, who, you know, I asked him why he decided to come back to Ohio State. You know, he came here as a walk-on, running back in high school, and he said that he was, he realized middle of last year that he could play in the NFL, and he said, oh. This is a a total mindset shift for a guy that was a walk-on running back from the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And now he's like, I I can actually play in the NFL. And so he's a little frustrated, I think, that he's not able to go this spring. But it is such an important thing for Joe Royer to, to know coming into camp. He is tight end one. And, I mean, we've talked a number of times with coaches around here. And Joe Royer's name is one that people continue to talk about is that the light has sort of come on for him. And uh, I think for him, it's just knowing that it's his spot to,
0: to take is very important. It's pretty interesting when you can put that together, I think, and, and a little bit of a callback to maybe two years ago when you knew you had Jeremy Ruckert on the rise and much better yeah. flanked out and Joe Royer can do that. And Cade Stover can do a lot of the similar things to what Luke Farrell did as a physical blocker attached there to the line. So I, I can see that coming a little bit back with that you know, 12 personnel, uh, and I know Tim doesn't want any tight ends on the field, but that's not going to no, happen. No, for no, Ohio no, no.
1: I, I just wish they'd call a fullback a fullback. I mean, that's my big problem. <laughs> well, it depends on where he's lined up. Hey, I know, of course, it does. But I'm just thinking, <laughs> he's he's a fullback in this, and, and what he's talking about the the NFL, you know, is was, a sandal a shoe. Tyreek Smith was talking about this the <laughs> other day. The NFL figures out a way to get that their best guy on the field for certain situations, and he he does intrigue. I'm sure he intrigues some personnel
2: people because he he knocks people's blocks off. And when you talk about tight when he ends, blocks. I think it's interesting that Joe Royer's name keeps coming up, but it doesn't really keep coming up in a way. like They want to talk about how he's progressing, but also they don't want to set that bar high because he still is progressing. It's almost like you said, the way they talked about Jeremy Rucker. Hey, he can do a lot of good things, but he's not complete yet. They want to talk about the way Joe Royer is coming along and becoming a really a good player and somebody who's going to contribute, but they don't want to say too much because they know that development is not complete and so when you have Cade stover who we know he said there's not a lot of demand for 260 pound linebackers anymore he's right but there is demand for a 260 pound mauler who can help in the run game and then when you add joe royer into that equation let him catch some passes and learn from what Cade stover brings to the run game and maybe try to put a little bit more weight on as we go into the fall i think joe royer has a chance to be you know, one of those quiet guys who starts to emerge. Maybe not week one against Notre Dame, but maybe as the season progresses. Yeah, and
1: these, this month is like a springboard for some guys, pardon the pun. I mean, Enoch Vimahi is definitely playing with more confidence now, feeling more confident. I mean, they need those six and seven and eight guys c- to come on in that offensive line room. And uh, according to all reports, he is definitely coming on. He's got this confidence that he said he didn't have a year ago and uh, just, you know, uh, playing the game. and. He's an interesting dude to keep your eye on, but uh, but going back to Cade Stover, well, you know it's uh, like Kevin Wilson said, the offensive coordinator. It's not about what's best for the team; it's about what's best for the player. And I get the sense that I've, I don't know if you do or not. I get the sense that Cade feels like he contributes better when he was the on the offensive side of the field with a chance to get the ball in his hands. I said that earlier. Mm-hmm. He just wants to play though right i mean yeah i
0: think he's torn between
1: yeah because where,
0: where his brightest future could be uh, if if you got to ask him and all things were even if he got to be a frontline first unit linebacker okay well that's where he would be but yeah. that's not going to happen for this team and we talked yeah. about that with that position group like he's going to be third or fourth in line at a leo or jack and he's going to be maybe a, a second team maybe maybe a first-team Sam. I don't know. Reed Carico was out there the last couple of days. Maybe he could beat that out, but that package is not going to be used all that extensively yeah. for Ohio State. So right. I think when you start doing that math and maybe NFL math, that becomes a lot easier. The key
3: for Cade, and I don't want to speak for him. I know him fairly well. I feel like I have a pretty good idea of his mindset. It's how does he take his mentality, which tells him, I want to be a linebacker, and t- take that and use it on offense. Yeah. And that's something that Mitch Rossi talked about today. It's something Joe Royer talked about today. Mitch, those guys need someone like Cade in the room to bring a lot more of just an edge to that room. And tight end at Ohio State is not a glamour position. No. You know, the one reason we don't talk about guys like Joe Royer much, because who cares, right? <laughs> it's because the tight end at Ohio State is never going to be a 50 catch a year type position. So I think in this building, they get tired of like hyping up the position because then the production never <laughs> matches. And so people are like, there's just a year, blah, blah, blah. But th- it, it doesn't mean it's not an important position. Yeah. Cade is certainly a guy that has a different mindset than anyone else in that room. And so for him, it's how do you balance the linebacker, I want to kill someone mindset with, I need to be an efficient pass Catcher and a route runner, and and, yeah. and can you can you meld those things together? Can you still be an aggressive route runner? Can you still, you know, play special teams and get that I'm going to hit someone juice out, you know? And and yeah. he can, and that's what he's going to bring. And I just think if you had a team of 85k at Stovers, you'd win a lot of football games,
0: but it would just look a whole lot different. <laughs> well, it, it might yeah. be like 1965. Yeah. You'd be the greatest team in the world. Yeah, you'd win a lot of. games. I'm not sure it would work that well anymore. You'd and we've never seen him play quarterback. I don't we can run the triple wishbone
3: option. But he can play
1: quarterback. I sure bet he can. can. Okay. Um, sure can. By the way, and Luke Whipler, like you said about a while ago about the uh, video coming on and yeah. stuff, I mean, they, these guys aren't faking it. They're really driven. That guy was angry. By, yeah, but they're really driven about how that, as they call it, the Team Up North game went last year Right. in the first half of that Utah game. I mean, there, there's a definite issue because I, I told him, I said, I asked him, I said, you know, you guys were working really hard this time a year ago and uh, and through the season, through the summer and season. And what? You what you found out that's not good enough. And he basically said, yeah, I mean, for one of another way you know, of putting it, yeah, that's, that is exactly right. They know there's an edge there that they didn't get to. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like last week when we were here for Pro Day, I was talking to
3: some of the guys and a handful of them told me last winter was easy. They said it. I mean, last winter was an easy winter for Ohio State's football program. It didn't have that psychotic edge to it. Right. And that has returned <laughs> this offseason. And so I guess you'll see if that translates to the field. But yeah, it's it is different.
0: We've we've made this point a number of times, so I'm not breaking new ground, but <clears throat> if it's your first time going through a full winter with Mickey Marathi and you're balancing all this new stuff and inexperience and going like it's going to be hard to push them in a way that you can veteran players or people who have had something taken from them. Yeah. And again, like that number is in the 40s for last year. Like you can't replace that experience. That includes workouts, yeah. And that part, you can see that the physical development and and you know what it ta- takes to win a championship or to come up short. All that stuff was being dealt with for the first time. It's certainly true for Dewan Jones. Berman, I've had this conversation before with what we watched in August last year. Tim, you, you and I as well. Can he handle some of the speed rush? So yeah. I asked him over there. Like he didn't get the feedback he wanted from the NFL evaluation. Part of it is handling the the you know pass protection. And I said, well, I mean, how do you, how do you find this balance? Because as big as you are, you get to take up space. Like people aren't going to be going inside of you much, but the speed to the outside. What do you have to do? So well, you know, that's that's the push and pull. Like he has a unique physical gift in his size. Yeah, you have to use it correctly. Also, and he was the last yeah. one over here on the fifty-yard line today. After I asked him all those questions, sort of on the side, like where are you going to find that improvement? He went over there and he did five or six extra pass sets yeah. just to finish it. He knows that that's got to be the next level.
1: For and, him. you know, what you just touched on there is also his Achilles from the standpoint of when you watch him play, you know, he's so big he doesn't look quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and then if somebody does beat him around the edge, then it's just exacerbated in people's minds.
2: I think he's got the tools yeah. to become elite. And uh, we'll see if he gets there. Yeah, absolutely. And this offensive line is uh exciting unit just because, like, the guy that we haven't talked about is the most experienced guy as far as time been here on the roster almost Matt Jones he's been here forever and, yeah. and has experience with a multitude of guys you know different positions switching in and out always being almost the sixth man on the mm-hmm. offensive line and now he finally gets a chance to start and he seems more than ready he seems like he's got a little bit more confidence knowing that he's going into this spring and summer as a starter you know he gets to line up next to Luke who has experience and DeJuan who has experience and you put all five of these guys together and you know, we talked about the offensive line potentially being elite last year, but when it all started to shake out in August, you almost had a sense that it wasn't going to be exactly where it needed to be. You had a it was an experiment almost yes, a whole year. Absolutely, and and now as we stand here in the, in March, in the middle of spring practice, the five there, you look at them they, that that unit. I mean, could win the Joe Moore Award, guys. I mean, oh, that, whoa, that is a Joe a, Moore Award. That is a you know, first spring mentioned-
3: is when spring is when you need to experiment, not. Last August 15th, and that's I think the biggest issue with the offensive line a of year ago is, that, <laughs> is
0: it, that we didn't see Thermont for playing Garden Spring. To experiment. Right. It's yeah. the
3: big thing here this year, they don't have right. to, do. right? But this group, this starting five, is the experiment, and it is it makes a huge, huge difference. There's no position maybe in sports where having the same guys together makes as big of an impact as it does on the offensive line. But do you
1: remember, I wrote a story after spring last year. Remember that story I wrote that that, that could be but they weren't in exactly the same spots. That could be their offensive line if you were putting the sure. best players on the field, but sometimes the best players aren't the best fits. And wow, I mean, that, that's clearly I what thought, they ran into last year. Well, they year, played huh? extremely well. Yeah. This is the number one offense in the country last year, You know, yeah. uh, from a total offense standpoint. But let's face it, at crunch time, there were times when they couldn't block the run. They couldn't block for the run uh, on a consistent basis, and they want to get back right. to that. You shouldn't have to do a line change right. To, to be able to pick
3: up third and right. one. And Ohio right. State was in a position a year ago That's where exactly, they yeah. had to bring in Matt Jones in those situations to try to, to you know, cover up a, a hole there. And this fall shouldn't be that way. And certainly, that is the goal of the spring. And that that is or because, you know, what Justin Fry said at his introductory press conference, if it's third and two, we want people to know we're running
0: it and they're going to get it. And that also includes Kate Stover and Mitch Rossi mauling some people at tight end. So both of those groups yep. came out and to talk together. Yeah, whatever we want to call it. Uh, Those big physical dudes, uh, dudes being dudes, they're at the halfway point of spring ball. It was nice to talk to all those guys, get some insight uh, from some of the, spotlight doesn't always shine on that group, but perhaps it should. That's Spencer (laughs) Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Practice Report. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. Halfway point to go. Saturday is the Student Appreciation Day practice, so we will all be back in here. There will be another Practice Report coming after that. You can stay tuned for full coverage of Ohio State at lettermanrow.com.